This podcast is recorded on the stolen lands of the Wandri people of the Kulin Nation, the Bindal people of Thalgari Waja, and the Wulguru Kaaba people of Karambilbara. We pay our respects to elders past and present. We recognise the ongoing intergenerational trauma caused by colonisation. Sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be. Aboriginal land. In the heat of Welcome to Loud, Angry and Not Sorry, where we talk about politics and systems from a feminist perspective. My name's Leah. And I'm Steph. And in this episode, unfortunately, we're going to be talking about the Religious Freedom Bill. This could be one episode. This could be two. When it goes away, we'll stop talking about it, which should be an incentive, Scott Morrison, and you, dear listener. It's not going to be one episode. It's going to be at least two. Some content warnings for this episode. Homophobia, transphobia, mentions of sexual assault, suicide, self harm, and the like. So please take care, take breaks, drink water, and take your meds. Steph spoke with the very cool and very lovely and the very first cis dude on this podcast, Alistair Laurie from Public Interest Advocacy Centre, who will outline the bill. Before we dive in, we have already formed an opinion about this bill. (laughs) Very strong opinions about this bill. We're not here to debate. This is not a pros and cons list. Yeah, we're not both sides in this clusterfuck. This is bad. Of a bill. This is really bad. So, yes, if you can gather from all of this, we have taken the negative view. (laughs) Yeah, we we don't want to give you the false impression that we're trying to be impartial. Fuck impartiality. Impartiality is how we got into this mess in the first place. Let's face it. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, So, Leah... What do you know about religious freedoms? Religious freedoms or the religious freedom bill? Religious freedoms. In my, I suppose my opinion, people have the right to religious freedoms as long as their religion doesn't impact other people or doesn't stop people from being able to access things or impact the way that other people who don't practice that religion live their life. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, it's a wonderful legal phrase and I cannot remember who, and I'm not even going to look it up because I don't <laughs> anymore it is the right to swing my arm ends at, ends at another man's chin nice yes so yeah i mean religious freedom is recognized in the international covenant on civil and political rights the multilateral treaty established post world war ii post horrors of world war ii there are very few non party non-signatory countries left in the world even china is a signatory to the ICCPR. This is how seriously that the world takes it. Mm. So religious freedom is protected under the ICCPR with an exception. Yes. So articles 18 of the ICCPR is everyone shall have the right to freedom of thought conscience and religion. This right shall include freedom to have or to adopt a religion or a belief of his choice and a freedom either individually or in community with others and in public or private to manifest his religion or belief in worship, observance, practice and teaching. This is international law. International law signed by entreaty. We are a signatory and uh, we have ratified this particular bill. That's number one. Number two, no one shall be subject to coercion which would impair his freedom to have or to adopt a religion or belief of his choice. Meaning, don't force this shit on other people. Yes. Uh, Number three, freedom to manifest one's religion or beliefs may be subject only to such limitations as are prescribed by law and are necessary to protect public safety, order, health or morals or the fundamental rights and freedoms of others. (laughs) When this bill was put forth, the Conservatives spoke about Article 18.1. So Article 18.3 doesn't really get a look in, hey? Not in this bill, no. No. Should we maybe go to your interview? Yep. We had a chat with Alastair Laurie, as mentioned earlier. Alastair Laurie is a super rad human being who has been a strong advocate for trans and gender diverse kids. A wonderful ally. That's why he's earned himself the first cis man on the podcast <laughs> award. Welcome. Thanks very much for having me. Would you like to do a, a brief introduction of what it is that you do? Uh, So I'm the policy manager at the Public Interest Advocacy Centre and we're a community legal centre that uh, focuses on strategic litigation and other policy advocacy. And we have a long history of engagement on discrimination law 
both in practice in terms of representing people affected by discrimination, but also in terms of advocacy for improvements to uh, anti-discrimination laws. Awesome. Now, you have been exceptionally busy with the uh, religious discrimination bill. Can you tell us how it differs from normal anti-discrimination laws, like in terms of its structure and why this particular bill is so egregious? Your question really strikes at what is the tragedy of the religious discrimination bill, and that is that most people agree religious belief should be a protected attribute under anti-discrimination law. Uh, The problem is that what the government has done is a religious freedom bill in disguise. And so all of the controversial bits that are subject to public discussion are not about protecting people from discrimination. They're about empowering discrimination against others. The most uh, notorious one is the statement of belief provision, and that's to protect people making religiously motivated, demeaning and derogatory comments about others, including women, LGBTI people, people with disability and people of minority faiths, uh, and overriding all Commonwealth state and uh, territory anti-discrimination laws in the process. Um, And then the other serious problem is the religious exceptions, both the um, breadth of the scope of the organisations that are covered, the test for when discrimination by them will be allowed, which is much more lenient than any other anti-discrimination law in Australia, uh, and then the impact. So the impact on workers of minority faiths in religious hospitals, aged care, housing and disability, uh, and the impact on teachers and students, including LGBT teachers and students. Yep. <laughs> so there's really not much more you can say after that. But Michaelia Cash in committee had pointed out, uh, had to admit that um, the statement of belief clause carries some interesting consequences. Uh, the statement of belief clause is one of those things that gets worse the closer you look at it. So um, from the range of beliefs that are protected, because the definition of statement of belief is subjective and relies only on the person making it, uh, their, whether they genuinely consider it represents their faith, uh, it means that not not only is it protecting homophobic, biphobic, transphobic and sexist speech, um, but it also extends to really fringe or or extreme views. So ableist speech, Islamophobic speech, anti-Semitic speech and even racist speech, as long as a white supremacist can argue that it reflects their particularly warped views of Christianity. Um, Another consequence of the statement of belief provision is because it overrides state and territory anti-discrimination law, if a complaint has gone to a tribunal and the respondent to that complaint says, actually, it was a statement of belief, the tribunal can't hear it anymore. It's effectively a Commonwealth defence to a state or territory law. And so it has to be heard by, for example, a state Supreme Court or a, a federal court at much, much greater expense to complainants which usually means they will lose access to justice. So victims of discrimination won't be able to bring complaints where the def- the respondent says, actually, it was a statement of my belief. Oh, yeah. And just, and just so that everyone is aware, the tribunal is free for most issues. Absolutely. The tribunal is, is a low-cost or no-cost forum, whereas um, obviously state Supreme Courts or Commonwealth Courts are massively increased costs. Isn't the filing fee for Queensland Supreme Court like $2,000? I can't comment on that one, but uh, it it would not be small. Yeah, and then the printing cost on top of that. There was some suggestion as well that it would override... um, Sorry, I'll try that again. Isn't there some hidden little landmines? Best description I can think of it in terms of the minister's power to make decisions. Absolutely, uh, in two different areas. So in the statement of belief area... Um, as well as directly overriding Commonwealth state and territory anti-discrimination law and specifically overriding Section 17.1 of the Tasmanian Anti-Discrimination Act, it also gives the Attorney General the power to make regulations so that statements of belief don't contravene other laws too. And some examples of what that might be include safe access zone laws um, to protect uh, pregnant people accessing abortion services uh, and including sexual orientation and gender identity conversion practices, which have been outlawed in uh, Victoria and the ACT and partially in Queensland, where if the person making those comments says, well, actually, no, that's a statement of belief, the Attorney-General could make regulations to protect that 
harmful, psychologically damaging speech. It's a bit fucked. <laughs> just hearing you say it again, and it's just, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because, because, it, it, because anti discrimination law at its best should be protecting vulnerable people. And this is not that. This is harming vulnerable people and it's um, doing it for uh, reasons that in some cases are mystifying and in other cases are uh, payback's the wrong word, but it is motivated by people who lost in the marriage equality uh, postal survey and who want to reassert their ability to say harmful things about others. So I have a bit of a question. <clears throat> I grew up in a religious background, conservative, you might say. Um, so how would, say, for example, two, pe- two Christians um, arguing over a specific point of doctrine work out? Say, for example, you have a school which basically has a contract that says, you know, you m- our religious beliefs are that abortion is murder and an employee who doesn't believe that, but is still a Christian, how will that work? Uh, In that circumstance, the bill preferences or favours the school. So the school will have the ability to discriminate in employment against teachers and other staff members, not just on whether the staff member shares their overall faith, but also on specific tenets of faith. So down to whether they subscribe to abortion is murder, whether they subscribe to homosexuality is intrinsically disordered, whether they subscribe to God created only man and woman and therefore trans and gender diverse people don't exist. So it's not just uh, we are an Anglican school, for example, and we will only hire Anglican teachers. It's you must be the right kind of Anglican for our school. Yeah. A lot of what I've been seeing people do is basically go, oh, but, you know, wouldn't that be discriminating against their religion? So what's the problem? Uh, I mean, the, the, the problem is the extent of discrimination that the bill entrenches, the, the power imbalance. And um, I think as recent examples have shown, it would be, you could see that to be an alternative avenue to discriminate on other attributes. So for example, um, discriminating against LGBT teachers because of religious beliefs about sexual orientation and gender identity rather than sexual orientation or gender identity per se. And we even saw in November when the bill was first introduced, both the Assistant Minister to the Attorney General, Amanda Stoker, and the Attorney General, Michaela Cash's office, confirmed that the law could be used to discriminate against LGBT teachers under the guise of religious views. That was Cash's office's term. Um, So it's quite an extraordinary power to be entrenching in the religious discrimination bill. Very much so. (laughs) Sorry, again, hearing it, and I just can't believe that we're here. Uh, It's frustrating to be here where um, PIAC, the Human Rights Commission, the Law Council, a range of civil society organisations from across a range of different sectors have consistently called for a religious discrimination bill to protect people against discrimination and one that doesn't undermine the rights of others to live their lives free from discrimination and that's not what the government has delivered. The International Covenant on Civil and Political Protections. Civil and Political Rights. That's the one. Um, A lot of focus on the first part of that and ignoring the rest. Absolutely. Um, it, it, I listened to all five days of the committee hearings over summer, so the three days of Joint Committee on Human Rights and the two days of the Senate Legal and Constitutional Affairs Committee and a range of uh, religious organisations advocating for the bill would place a lot of emphasis on uh, 18.1 and didn't seem all that keen on referencing 18.3, which... Uh, explicitly says that the right to manifest religious belief can be limited to protect the fundamental rights and freedoms of others, which includes the rights of others to live their own lives free from discrimination. So uh, there's a lot of focus on the ability to practice religious freedom without consideration for the harm that that causes uh, to others. And that's where this bill really gets the balance wrong. Um, Assuming Labor doesn't withdraw its 
conditional support, what should people be doing? I have genuinely no idea what is going to happen this week. Uh, there are a range of different permutations for, for how this bill could be law by Friday, how it could be all over by Wednesday and be withdrawn or how it could drag out for months. What I do know is that we need moderate Liberals and the Labor Party both to be expressing their uh, opposition to a law which promotes rather than prohibits discrimination. So people should be contacting moderate Liberal MPs and the Labor Party to express their personal opposition for it and their expectation that they will vote against this bill um, because it, it doesn't do what a good religious discrimination bill should do. It does the opposite. Awesome. <laughs> it's a very shit situation to be back in. Uh, a lot of energy to spend opposing something, which, uh, I mean, I've made this point a few times already, we would like to be able to support. Um, I, on a personal level, uh, as a gay man who attended a religious boarding school, I know what discrimination feels like and it's not great. And I want discrimination protections to be extended to other attributes, including religious belief, but it has to be done properly and it can't undermine the rights of others. Well said. Thank you. Alistair Laurie, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks very much. Yeah, it's a mess, isn't it? I, mm, it's hard when you realise that it is actually as bad as you think it is. Yeah, why it's bad is traditional anti-discrimination law is structured in such a way as to equalise. So we take a general concept. So let's take, for example, the Sex Discrimination Act. And the only reason I'm doing this is because I have read that one inside out and back to front. So the purpose of the act is to... And there will be a long title with a bunch of protected attributes. It doesn't privilege one of those attributes over another or one state of those attributes over another. So the attribute of potential pregnancy, you don't actually have to be pregnant to be discriminated against on the basis of potential pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, you don't actually have to be able to get pregnant to be discriminated against on the basis of potential pregnancy. And so, and so we have um, protections against direct and indirect discrimination. Mm. So direct discrimination, basically going, I won't hire you because you may get pregnant at some point down the line. And indirect uh, discrimination in terms of what policies view to prevent discrimination yeah. uh, by thought, action or deed. Yeah, but the problem with the discrimination of anyone, I guess, is that it's really difficult to prove that you're actually being discriminated against. This is very difficult. So the Sex Discrimination Act, the Racial Discrimination Act, all of these sort of things are kind of almost not enough. And yet this religious discrimination bill. You also have state laws which will duplicate all of these things. And as Alistair and I were talking about, it goes from being cases at state level being referred to tribunal, which is tribunal, <laughs> not, tri not tribunal. You know what? Fuck it. It is tribunal. Tribunal. I'm exhausted. Being referred to tribunal um, usually means conciliation process. Usually it's free or very low cost to the victim. Yeah. And usually can be resolved without expensive legal fees. So, and the problem with this particular bill, as has been pointed out, is that the moment that that falls into this, you know, either statement, belief clause or whatever, it gets bumped up to federal level, overrides all of our state laws. So in Victoria, you've got the Equal Opportunity Act um, in Queensland. We've got the Anti-Discrimination Act. And, um, you know, there's duplication, again, from federal, with some additions that are appropriate for our individual jurisdictions, and they don't count anymore. It's like 50 years of activism just out the window. 50 years of progress, just nothing. Yeah, pretty much. So that bigots can, can discriminate and implement hate speech against people. Yeah, this overrides everything. This overrides the case law. I mean, if you think about how much rapists in America love statu what is it, the statute of limitations? Like, imagine how much bigots and homophobes and transphobes and turfs and swerfs are going to love this. Statute of limitations refers to the time period between when a crime is committed or alleged to have committed, because we have to use that shitty language, yeah. to um, when you can press charges or when the um, or when a public prosecutor can press charges. Sometimes that's referred to as running out the clock. It's gross. Yeah, you know, like what defines a statement of belief is so... Yeah, this, yeah. this statement of belief is very interesting to me. It's like this catch-all. Is this how they're trying to rec recruit more people into the church? It won't work. <laughs> there are a bunch of Christian cis women who wrote a book saying that they're tired of getting terrible sex from their husbands. <laughs> you know, 
The, the female eunuch, longer. 40 years on. But also, you know, like, the headship's not working. Like, n- nothing's working anymore. The church is dying from the top and the bottom. Mm. The statement of belief is just this final, cruel, bitter... Death rattle. I don't want to suggest that we go and commit crimes, but seriously... Why Why not? They are. No, they're not. That's the scary part. Protected by law. Yeah, but that's the thing. And even when they're not protected by law, they're trying to create laws that will protect them from doing the things. It's almost as if the justice system isn't really worth all that much if you're not a cishet white man Christian person. It robs so many people of access to justice because they then have to pay exorbitant court fees and lawyer fees just to get the case heard yeah. or just to defend against the case. Which is another another power. It is a legal silencing tactic of being able to say the most bigoted bullshit that comes out of your ass and then be able to say, well, it's just my belief. It's my religious belief, which is protected under the blah, blah, blahs. Under section 18? Yeah. <laughs> under only section one. No. no. 18 one. It's tw- clause 12. Clause 12. Clause 12, but yeah. I mean, 18.3 says no, but... Going, yeah, but 18.3 explicitly states that essentially this is something, this is an area we can legislate. Yeah, but... That the- you're encouraged to legislate and minimise the impact of. Yeah, but I mean, this government isn't interested in that. No, it's interested in appeasing the, the weirdos who lost the marriage equality vote. And I will take the opportunity to remind everyone that we endured a freaking plebiscite. People were beaten in the streets. Homes were... were bricked Mm. like we endured that yeah and this is the retaliation i think this is the retaliation of the marriage equality act but also people who wanted to uh, reverse 18c as well very much so yeah just the the metastasism of multiple just shitty horrid pulsive people Mm. who just want to say nasty things who just wanted to maintain their power at the expense of other people so on top of how this bill overrides the sex discrimination act it also overrides racial discrimination age discrimination disability discrimination and essentially every like you said before every anti-discrimination act in each state and each territory yeah it's for the statement of belief clauses yeah so you can literally do a misogyny or a racism to somebody's face and be legally protected. Yeah. Within limits. And um, one of the limits on it is, you know, should not harass. Yeah. I mean, everyone, everyone here and everyone who's listening went to high school. I am going somewhere with this. <laughs> so somebody so, you know, a slur or an insult or, or you know, like, the, one of the mean things that somebody says to you How many times a day do you have to hear it Before it becomes harassment Is it two times a day? Is it three times a day? Mm. What if it's once every day? What if it's once a week? Who defines what harassment is? What's the state supreme court or the federal court And then possibly the high court Should you appeal a federal court decision? Yeah, but that, this is the thing though Obviously I'm, I can only really speak from a victim survivor's perspective but it's not like having that as your recourse to justice is not a recourse to justice it's not it's not it it, that's just not you know if your day-to-day is discrimination going to court and having that overturned is not going to change anything it's like you know when you get bullied at school and your parents like I'm going to go speak to the principal and you know that will just make it worse because it's a culture and it's a system. Yeah. It is in... Yeah. Sorry, I was, I'm just getting angry. No, it's it, there's a lot to get angry at. So LGBTQIA plus Australians will still be discriminated against, but you just can't torture queer kids until they're adults, essentially. Unless you're trans. Unless you're trans and then you can go at it. No, you can torture them. You're just not allowed to expel them from school. Right, that's okay. I'm... If you're lesbian, gay or bisexual yes if you're trans however they will yeet you out of there yeah go off son i I think i've kind of spoken about this a little bit on twitter but not much i'm really concerned that a lot of the discourse is around schools i mean yes it's a big part of it especially for kids as they grow it can be a really toxic place for gender diverse and queer children to grow up in an environment that's essentially hateful i i know this firsthand but like there's other aspects queer kids grow up yeah i don't know workplaces there's home life there's you know at the shopping center when you're trying on clothes i don't know there's so many places where you can experience discrimination when you're playing sports like do you know what i mean if we set up a culture that enables and allows this and essentially says it's okay like i just i just you're right there is there is an overemphasis on on 
students when being a student is a very small part of, of any person's life, you know, and it's also important to remember that the statement of belief laws basically allows for students to do misogyny and racism on the school grounds. Yeah, whether they, whether it is perfectly legal or not is irrelevant. But if you have a ki- if you have kids who believe it is, mm-hmm. how many kids are going to have to be buried because of this? How many kids are we going to lose because your schoolyard bully isn't just your schoolyard bully? He's backed up by the power of the state. Mm. And I mean, working in mental health, the number of queer kids and trans kids that I saw come through secondary to bullying because of the way that they're treated by by society. I mean, the DSM says that it's not the fact that you're trans or gender diverse that causes mental illness. It's the way that society and culture treats you. So it's the structural issues of society. Yeah. This act is just reinforcing that. (laughs) We used to say that your first bully is your parents. No, your first bully is the state now. Yeah. And it's your lifelong bully. Mm. And the thing is, you know, like it, it comes back to, you know, particularly in schools of going, it's not just the kids who get to make these statements. It's the teachers. And we've all known teachers to make some fucking gross statements yeah you know how many cis girls are going to be put off certain subjects because their teacher is a misogynistic asshole yeah yeah and is allowed to be and is legally empowered to be yeah you know like everything is so broadly defined that what's the point yeah i think the thing that really really concerns me is that even though this is supposed to be a religious discrimination bill is that the bill explicitly allows discrimination against minority religious groups and religious views yeah that's really concerning i mean to me that just makes it really clear that this isn't a religious discrimination or religious freedoms it's it's scott morrison's pentecostal church act like it's nothing else it's just cis het white men in positions of power that want to maintain their power. Very much so. And the bill is written from that perspective yeah. too. I wonder if like in a hundred years or something, we're going to be analyzing the language of this bill and like, you know, doing like lit reviews on it and stuff like that and doing structural analysis. That would be interesting. Look, I, I wouldn't put it past them. I'm sure that there are going to be historians that are focused on a, on tiny slivers. Of Twitter. <laughs> Imagine though, someone being a, like a historian in the Morrisonian period. <laughs> Or somebody whose their entire um, academic career is focused on, um, you know, say, uh, I was going to be facetious there and do some really online Australian politics type section. But, you know, like there will be people who will dedicate their professional careers to things like the um, January 6th coup attempt. Mm, Because there's like hundreds of thousands of tweets and photos and like Mm. data that people are going to have to sift through. Somebody... Yeah. It's it's going to be a thing. Somebody probably is, to be honest. I'd love to read the the thesis on the um the lib spills or something like that. The knifing period in the Australian government. <laughs> and how Scott Morrison made it illegal so no one could do it to him. Shall be forever known as the great sharpening. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, because it's not just this. This is going on around the world. And, I, yeah. you know, there'd be book burnings here if, if the, the political climate was appropriate. It's going on in the US. Yeah. And pretty much this is, this is kind of the twisted mirror image of what's going on in the US. In the US, they're restricting discussion around a lot of these things. And it's about what offence you take. So, oh, but this bill, this bill is entirely like the complete... Op, like the, a, a twisted image of this where it's about how much offence you can perpetrate. Cause. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. So, were you listening to the speeches today? <sighs> I really wish I wasn't. So today is, what's today? The Tuesday? Recording Wednesday? Tuesday. The... Tuesday. Sorry. I... We should do, today's date is Tuesday the 8th of February. The time is 8.27pm. That was me trying to do one of those... Talking clocks? Clocks. Talking clocks. That's me. I'm a talking clock. So essentially today they had their first... What's the thing called? Round of yeah, speeches. Introdu- introduction fest. to the second yeah. reading. Um, just everyone got, everyone got to make speeches and some of them were woefully bad apparently George Christensen was crying because I was doing prep for this at the time he was speaking and I did not want to have to endure <sighs> look George Christensen should always cry like and he should be crying because I'm causing him pain make George cry again let's make it happen people 
I honestly do not care about the health and well-being of that person. And I think calling them a person is the nicest thing I can possibly say about them right he does, now. He does often appear to be multiple high-dadded cysts stuffed into a people suit, <laughs> each with its own horrific form of bigotry, and it's all fighting away inside to try and to try and get to the, the mouth. Stephanie, I swear to God, I, you are like when I first read James Joyce and I had to, like, read several other texts while reading it. Oh, my God. I, he's like three what? Three high-dadded cysts. What the? What? Is, what? A hydatid cyst is a cyst that's formed from a worm. It's a infection. It's a parasitic. <gasps> the worm enters the host, host's body, forms a cyst around itself, and continues to grow as it reproduces. Oh my god, that's disgusting! And so apt. So, do you want to do just a quick recap of today, other than so making Labour has not officially committed to a position beyond a general support of the principles of the bill. Support of the general principles, which is essentially, I can discriminate against you, but you can't discriminate against me. Leading up to it, they were basic. Okay, so time to quote Mark Dreyfus. The dishonourable member. The dishonourable member. I, I am furious with rage over this because everything. How do you sound so delightful when you're furious with rage? I sound like a screamy banshee and you're just like, I am absolutely furious. Anyway, continue. I learned from the best. My mum was a former public servant. Repress, repress. Nobody can know. Oh, powerful. In November, I think it was, before Christmas, Mark Dreyfus gave a press release that states Labour's approach to this bill will be guided by a number of simple but fundamental principles, including the following. There's always a bit of a Chekhov's gun with me in law. First, as the International (laughs) Covenant on Civil and Political Rights makes clear, religious organisations and people of faith have the right to act in accordance with the doctrines, beliefs and teachings of their traditions and faiths, and I'm repeating myself over and over again, subject only to the limitations that are necessary to protect public safety and fundamental rights and freedoms of others. So he's combined Article 18, 1 and 2 and 3. What? Okay. This is Mark Dreyfus. Consistent with the International Covenant and these, I'm adding in the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights. He's talking about the treaty. Any extension of the federal anti-discrimination framework should not remove protections that already exist in the law to protect Australians from other forms of discrimination. So on principle, they agree that there should be a religious freedom bill, and this is a position that is shared across the board. It's not just Christian organisations, it's law organisations, it's... um, I'm just trying to remember everyone who made a submission to the Senate committees. Everyone agrees in principle that according to international law, there should be some form of national framework. Everyone agrees that there should be a anti-discrimination act that is based upon people's ability to practice their faith. Yes. This is not that bill. <laughs> As has been said no. many times, this is not that bill. But the Labour position is that, yes, there sh- this thing should exist. And also that it should not take away any... Again, I will quote Mark should not remove protections that already exist in the law to protect Australians from other forms of discrimination. These are his words. Yeah. And it is infuriating that Labour cannot come up with a a position that is an on-camera position that is, we don't want to take away anyone's rights. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's like the bare minimum Labour. Like, come on. I'd really like to take the opportunity to praise two LNP members, and I know this is very off-brand for me, and I don't care. Because <laughs> one of them is Warren Edge, who keeps getting forgotten about, which I actually do feel a little bit bad for him, despite the fact that he's a cis dude. The dude worked tirelessly on the marriage equality um, survey in the bill. Yeah. I shed a few tears when he hugged Penny Wong. It was a beautiful moment. Yeah. I can't stand him as a person, but I actually really do like him as a politician. Yeah. Where's Inch? Where does he sit? Well, if you ask Scott Morrison, Warren Inch doesn't exist. It's just the member for Likehart. (laughs) So So there's this ongoing thing with Warren Inch, which is Warren Inch doesn't get named. (laughs) 
See, I want to do. I want to do my thesis on Morrison and Ench now. <laughs> and I really need to thank Bridget Archer, who, yeah. despite being in one of the single most marginal seats in the country and possibly in history, I'm not entirely sure. I know that Herbert had something like a, a an election where there was like 40 votes in it, four zero votes oh, wow. in it. Um, but her position is extremely precarious, and it is extremely likely mm. that she will lose her seat if. The trends hold. But she got up and basically said um, that she cannot support the bill. In her speech, it's a very clear position. She also used the speech to defend trans kids by saying that it is highly unlikely that there is going to be some cis kid um, self-harming because of mental health issues and a lack of support and a lack of community um, because there is a trans kid at their school or their church. I'm like, it's a little bit of a cringe analogy, but I'll take it. Considering that she is one of the few people who has spoken positively about trans people in the house today, I'll take it. (laughs) Because she gave a clear position. Michaelia Cash. Take what you can get, I guess. Oh, Oh, Michaelia Cash. So Michaelia Cash is rehashing the marriage equality debate in the house and bringing in good old-fashioned transphobia from... So she's importing transphobia from the great Turflandia. (laughs) Formerly known as the British Empire, soon to be known as just England as Northern Ireland leaves and reunifies with Ireland and Scotland leaves, and then Wales will leave and possibly the north of Ireland will leave. And most of England will probably try and leave as well. <laughs> They're already... There's a northern... <laughs> movement. Look, fair. I would too with that many turfs. Literally going, uh, no... If we can't immediately discriminate against trans kids, it will destroy the ethos of religious schools. And I shit you not, bathrooms again. Uniform requirements. You got it. <laughs> These are two things that are really not difficult. Yeah. Everyone can use the bathroom that they want to use. And just get them to hide behind a whiteboard, Michaelia. <laughs> Sorry. That's probably like quite a niche comment. Anyway. Sorry, continue. I don't know. Does anyone else remember when she hid behind a whiteboard to get away from um, when she had a go at Shorten? Was it that or was it the, um, um, after the raid on... The AFP raid on the journalist? I thought it was after... I thought it was after just like, you know, if you want to ask some people in Bill Shorten's office... Oh, this is what really... I don't know. Take your pick. She should... Like, Michaelia Cash should be permanently hid behind a whiteboard. She should be so embarrassed about the this shit that she really says. This is what really frustrates me. So this morning, at the beginning of Parliament, apart from the prayer breakfast, which is another conversation for another day... Actually, no, it's part of the same conversation. Why the fuck are we having a prayer breakfast at Parliament House? There was an apology to Brittany Higgins and to victims of sexual assault um, and sexual harassment in the Parliament because for the longest time, and most people had never even cared to think about why there is a problem with getting women into Parliament and keeping them there and the turnover of staffers because it might have something to do with the fact that up until recently parliamentary staff were not covered by the sex discrimination act it means nothing when you apologize and then you try and implement this bill i don't want to score cheap political points on the fact that that britney higgins was the victim of a horrific assault in parliament house in the minister of defense's office but for this government to be lecturing anyone on the safety of students and to be talking about bathrooms and the dangers of trans kids when I had completely forgotten until you had brought it up when she was sitting in front of the that senate committee and she was going I will name names and going yeah you should be doing that anyway yeah why are you not already but also you know things like for example she's going on about uniforms and it's like that's not hard at all <laughs> like it, don't be and ridiculous also, I'm pretty sure that Dick yeah. Clinton brought all of this to the Queensland state election last year and the Liberal National Party and One Nation got shellacked. Yeah. So coming back to religious discrimination, so the laws that we have in place at the moment that this bill is likely to impact, safe access zone protections, which is covering pregnant people seeking lawful terminations. So the the, the safe access zone is they have to be like, 
They can yell out their hate speech, but they have to do it 50 metres away. They can't do it right at the gate. So now we're going to go back, if this law passes, we'll be going back to people harassing people at the front of abortion clinics, which is, and many people have stated, those clinics where people have abortions, it's not just for abortions, it's to access birth control, pap smears, it's just general um, general health and well-being but obviously because these people are obsessed. So the current bans on sexual orientation and gender identity conversion practices will be overridden. And Section 18C of the Racial Discrimination Act, which prohibits racial vilification, will also be reversed. Potentially. So this is terrifying. Potentially, and a lot of it is up to the minister who has extremely broad and discretionary powers to modify. Yeah. So these people are able to discriminate and cause harm to people based on their beliefs that come from a Bible. No, they just need to be deeply held beliefs. And you only have to find one other person. Oh, for fuck's sake. Nope. You don't have to prove that it is a important theological, textual relevant part of your religious belief it just has to be deeply held anyway i'm trying to segue into the bible (laughs) i have no idea where this is going in the grand scheme of things but we're going to do this anyway because let's have a good old-fashioned theology off i read the bible when i was like about 18 and i'm 40 now and i've not really read it since i've so i've read passages in research for this but i've obviously not read the entire thing and holy moly holy moly what a ride. <laughs> the Bible is wild. And you didn't even get to Song of Solomon. I've read King James. Like, I'm not going to say that I've read it with much sort of like academic rigor, but it was it was wild. Song of Solomon was great. <laughs> um, the whole pu- purpose of this, and this might end up at the front of going just... When we say that Bill doesn't actually protect religious freedoms per se, it protects institutional um, institutions religious freedom or their interpretation of it and this causes a bit of a problem because there are many 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 diverse views on how to read a bible if you ask my bigoted horrible now um freemason accepts um anti-vaxxer father who lost his job because he didn't vaccinate what a shame okay I'm I'm doing this. I'm doing this because I need to have a laugh. My father believes that Freemasons are trying to take over the the world and control it. And when he means Freemasons, he actually does mean Freemasons, but he doesn't realise that it's an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, right? (coughs) He is concerned that the vaccine will be used for nefarious purposes and that legislation will be passed to allow the collection of healthcare data. Would you care to guess who he works for? No. No, sorry. Who he used to work for. He used to work in IT at Queensland Health, consolidating databases of patient files and records. The man, like this shady extra governmental organization that he was so terrified of, he was the person he was afraid of. And he lost his job because he didn't get vaccinated. Anyway, so into the Bible. So he believes that King James' version is the only version. It oh. is the true word of God. And of which to my mother replies, what about the, uh, what about people who read the Bible in Dutch? Are they reading the wrong Bible? It's the wrong one. <laughs> it's the wrong one. They're going to go to hell. <laughs> so, because we've discussed this religious discrimination bill is supposed to protect all religions, but it doesn't. It pretty much just centres on Christianity and cis white people in positions of power who can afford to access the legal system, yes? Very much so. Essentially, cool. All right, so let's have a quick, like, do, we'll do another jaunty stroll through the, the Bible. Just a quick one. So we've just gone through and just picked up some passages that pertain to abortion, um, transphobia and homophobia. I'm, I, I'm not sure if I got them all. Probably not. What text do religious people use? Abortion is not mentioned in the Bible. They refer to the Ten Commandments of thou shalt not kill. Are you joking? Nope. So if thou shalt not kill, what about the, the babies at the, at the Irish... I'm not going to say what I was about Mother's to say homes. because I grew up Pentecostal and Evangelical and it was about to say... Do you really think Catholics are Christians? It's a learned response. So what? 
I don't know. Don't they read the same books? <laughs> they were just being cruel and heartless and trying to preserve. Yes, correct. But aren't they? Aren't they? Don't they live yeah. under the Ten Commandments? Why do they get to do that, but women aren't allowed to have abortions? Because the church doesn't care about such things like that. I'm, yeah, well, they very they're much just are. hypocrites, aren't they? I'm really annoyed. I'm so annoyed. I'm just, I'm just angry that there are um, people that harass women for accessing healthcare at the front of abortion clinics, harassing them, denigrating them, because... And it's not Matter even fact, in the there Bible. There's actually an entire section and instructions on how to perform an abortion. I would not recommend that one at Shut home up. because it involves scraping dust from the temple floor. Oh. Really nasty stuff. And it's a test no, for infidelity. Don't do that. that doesn't sound like it's been oh, peer definitely reviewed. Definitely not. And, nope. you know, definitely nope. wouldn't pass the quality assurance tests. Okay, so God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This is from Genesis one twenty seven. And when I first read that, I was just like, well, God is gender fluid. Very much so. God's referred to in the feminine. We're talking Old Testament stuff here. You should really defer to yep. Jewish people who actually don't... God has many names, um, many different characteristics. It is not a good idea to anthrop- anthropomorphize God. What does that mean? Give him, give God human characteristics. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So the names describe aspects of God, and some of those are associated with masculine and feminine traits and androgynous traits and combinations of, of androgynous and feminine and, you know, like... Take your pick. So from what I can gather, the context of this this verse is God creating everything in opposites. Night and day, birds and fish, men and women. Like night is dark and day is bright and birds fly and fish swim and men are men and women are women. But if you like apply even the slightest bit of critical thinking, you know there is a spectrum between night and day. There is dawn, some birds don't fly, walking fish exist. Yeah, cassowaries exist. Are these creatures not God's creation? And are they a front to God? You know, I don't know. Look, cassowaries aren't they? <laughs> it just for me, it just seems really odd that they people use God to justify things. Like when a tragedy happens, it's a part of God's plan. But when someone is trans, that's awful. And I'm just like, no, just they're a part of the spectrum. They're just living their best lives. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like death and murder and rape, they're just like, that's part of God's plan. But that's actually the tragedy part. Like, that's the bad part. Yeah? I don't disagree with that at all. They're just using, like, religious text to justify bigotry. I don't disagree with that at all. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Genesis 1, 27 literally says God created humankind in his image. The image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And yet... Everything else everything else has a spectrum. Human people have spectrums. Like, you know, just just the, just the hint, just ever so slightly, just the, the barest of critical thinking. It's all you require here. Also, it's a book that was written a long time ago. Like, just, like, maybe we just don't take it so seriously I don't know how to say the D word Deuteronomy Deuteronomy it sounds like like a bogan trying to say do you want to rob me or something like that do you want to rob me or a drug name take two Deuteronomies (laughs) it's actually a yeah it's a cardiovascular drug alright so Deuteronomy 22.5 a suppository (laughs) yeah <laughs> for for the fastest absorption rate, take rectally. Okay. So, which is funny. Um, a woman shall not wear man's apparel, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment. For whoever does such things is an abhorrent to the Lord, your God. <laughs> Sorry, I had to read it like that because it's in caps. Yeah. Look, clothes clothes don't have gender. Yeah, I mean, like. Does this mean all Scottish people are going... Look, we are all going to hell, but that's not because we wear kilts. <laughs> but it's it's incredibly cultural. I mean, like, I read a little bit around this and, like, they were just like, it was to stop 
um, women entering men's only spaces and it was like to stop women men from entering women's only spaces and I'm just like oh my god this is the original toilet argument with with a lot of extra horniness to it so it's the toilet <laughs> argument for consenting adults I just think of the life of Brian and all the women with the stones dressed up as men do you remember that and because they all wanted to stone the people and they're just like are there any women here they're like See, unlike this particular one, when we're talking about human bodies, I guess, um, because it's right near the one that says suffer the little children, how I I remember where it is. (laughs) Matthew 19, verse 12. Try not to do the preacher voice. Do it. Do the preacher voice from Midnight Mass. Uh, No, I can't, because... Look, I run the risk of doing Southern Baptist Preacher, and that's really bad. For there are some eunuchs, which were so born from their mother's womb, and there are some eunuchs, which were made eunuchs of men, and there be eunuchs, which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. And that's not suggesting that essentially that um, that, that that's a pro-gender... Uh, um, reassignment or gender re- um, reconstructive surgery paragraph that he that is able to receive it, let him receive it. That's not what that's talking about. That's talking about just accept the fact that these people exist. Mm. That's not saying go get it yourself. Yeah, so various different translations basically go, look, eunuchs come from God. Yeah. You're going to have to accept that, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And different translations had different emphasis on on that last part of whether or not you accept it. And it's Um. pretty much the same thing. For the context of this, I'm not equating eunuchs with trans people. That being said, the con of what constituted a eunuch and is very cultural, very location appropriate, very time appropriate, it's all over the place. And while they don't map, there is a very good chance that there are people that if they were alive today, would identify as trans who back then would have been called eunuchs Hmm. and it's funny because essentially like everyone does this argument of going you know jesus doesn't mention anything about trans people or the bible doesn't mention anything about trans people or the bible says that he created them male and female he created them. there are eunuchs who were born that way and there are eunuchs who have had been made that way they made eunuchs by others I, can't, I don't want to cut uh, I hate buying into this thing because I know where it comes from but it, it is almost doing the whole born in the wrong body thing mm. it kind of works Oof. but to be fair most eunuchs that existed in history are being described as very gender variant Yeah, and there are some Jewish traditions that are, there are six different genders in their religious texts and philosophy and yeah trying very hard and i apologize to any jewish people who are listening if i accidentally accidentally christianized your your beliefs and your religion and i do apologize for it it is a process of unlearning that i'm continually doing i think also it's good to remember particularly for scott morrison and his crew that christianity is not the only religion and christianity is not the only religion that sort of uses I suppose the Bible as a thing or like a, a version of the Bible as is probably more accurate. Yeah? Yeah. Jesus Jesus is in the Torah, isn't he? New Testament. Am I making that up? Actually no. New Testament and Quran. But yeah, he did a crossover episode. Um, I think again, Is that really disrespectful? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Judaism, Islam and Christianity are all considered to be in the same family of religions. Um, I think it's called the children of the book. That's nice. Except they believe that Jesus was a, pro- was a prophet, not the son of God. Yeah, look, probably. There's lots of mentions as well in the Bible about like changing names. I won't go into it because we're sort of time, but like Genesis 32, 28, Numbers 13, 16, and Matthew 16, 17 to 18, all talk about people whose names changes and it sort of reflects like a, a journey or a milestone or most famous one in Saul to Paul. Yeah. Name change is super important in, uh, in, in Christianity. Yeah. I can't speak for Jewish people. No, 
No one's asking you to. That's okay. But yeah, like name changing, you know, and that sort of, I suppose it affirms people's identities within the Bible. It affirms trans people and gender diverse people's identities also. Okay, this is one. <laughs> this is really cringy. Um, but Psalm one thirty nine thirteen to fourteen's reference to reference being wonderfully made in the womb, <laughs> and it's used to push the idea that gender affirming surgeries is like an affront to God, which is you know like you're you were made perfectly as you are. You're made in God's image and all that kind of stuff. And just quick question: How's your laser eye surgery going? How's the insulin for your type 1 diabetes? And um, how is that treatment to correct your infant jaundice? How's that? How's your your chemo? Yeah, how's your your vaccine? No, vaccine. Don't don't do that. You'll encourage the bloody anti-vaxxers. But, like, you know, all of the things that we do to our bodies, the medicines that we take, the corrective surgeries, do you not want surgery for that? Do you not want to fix that up? No, it's it's God's will. And here's the fun part. You could easily argue that Jesus going, it's not what goes into a man, but what comes out of him that defile him. Excuse me, what? It's not what goes into a man, but what comes out of him that defile him. Which I always thought you could use to justify gay sex. Yeah, I'm thinking this sounds very sexual. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where you can make any argument from so many different um, different parts of it. And we have a, you know, a bill that doesn't even ask somebody to conform to the basis of their own religious text. Like, you know what? The um, Amish may be a little bit weird and they've got a huge sexual abuse problem, but I can't believe I said but after that. <laughs> well, you religious... know that sexual abuse is limited only to the Amish. You know this. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to minimise that, by the way. No, no. But the Amish do actually do have a year-long gap so that people can get out and see the world, and if they don't want to come back, they don't have to go back. Anyway, the Amish go off and they go and live on their own, and they separate themselves out from society so that they can live their literal interpretation of the bible we have to put up with people who come up with all kinds of weird and wonderful bullshit that's not even in the fucking thing I, mm, and then use it to restrict people's access to healthcare. yeah or to pass judgment on people taking the vaccine the vaccine <laughs> i mean look honestly this reminds me of when i was at university and i so i would literally just type up my assignment and then i'd go and find references And that's what the Religious Freedom Bill sounds like to me. It looks like they've set out their discrimination. They know what they want to achieve. They know who they want to alienate. They know who they want to oppress. Then they're like, right, let's look through the Bible and see what we can find to support my arguments. Yeah, pretty much. They are shit arguments. And it's this, the critical thinking is not there. All we need to do is critically think about what they're doing, what they're trying to achieve, and the damage that's going to have on other people, on marginalized people, even on religious groups, which this bill posits to protect, not protecting. I'm just going to throw this out there and just basically say that, no, do not quote Bible verses at me when talking about religious freedom. I don't give a fuck. Your religious text is not an authoritative source in international law. No. Sorry. No. Not listening. It's absolutely not. Oh, but Jesus said, I don't care. I'm sure he was a nice guy. I'm sure I would love to have a beer with him. Maybe an ice cream. A long walk on the beach. I but. I do not give a fuck. Now, what were you saying before about this being God's word? Oh, um, anyone who ever tells you that the Bible is the complete, accurate, and truthful... I feel like this is this is the um, uh, Good Omens thing, where the totally accurate prophecies of Agnes Nutter. I don't know what you're talking about, but keep going. <laughs> for anyone who tells you that the Bible is the... For anyone who tells you that the Bible is the literal word of God, two things. One, it's been translated multiple times, and you're going to have to reconcile the fact that people who read it in other languages are reading a different Bible. Yeah. Number two, Paul says, says on a couple of occasions, this does not come from God. Here's what I think. The original version of the a man walks into the room meme. Again, the letters. <sighs> First Corinthians 7. To the rest I say this, I not the Lord. Meaning, this is what he thinks. So, is Paul God? For that to be a thing, is Paul God? And is there enough weed in the universe for two stoners to work this out? <laughs> Look, I don't smoke, so I don't know, probably. I, I don't have the enzyme for it. It's a very expensive cigarette. Okay, fair enough. 
Ooh, okay, that's a conversation for another day, but that's okay. I feel like we should leave it there for now and let's pick up after day two. My brain is melting and falling out of my ear. Well, that's, that's no good. <laughs> I don't like that. All right. Okay, so shall we leave it here? What? The bill has not yet been voted on. Hang on. As of 9.31 Australian Eastern Standard Daylight Savings Time, I'm not seeing people yelling beyond what they've been yelling all day. Yeah. So go harass your senators. Yeah. I don't care if they're liberal, national, independent. Allegedly, Pauline Hanson is apparently voting against this bill. Wow. I don't know why. I don't know how. I suspect it's because it's not cruel enough. (laughs) I have a sneaking suspicion that, like a few uh, members of parliament, because you can't beat down on LGB kids, you can beat down on the trans kids, but because you can't beat down on all of them, the Australian Christian Lobby particularly was um, not keen on the removal of the exception in the Sex Discrimination Act that allowed for... expulsion of LGBT kids and they Ooh. their support was conditional on the Sex Discrimination Act remaining as is. Don't call Pauline Hanson but call your senators. Look that's grim. Yeah. And if you, if you are a Labour voter, may I appeal to your to you as a human being to another human being, please tell them if this is so offensive to you, tell them that you will change your first preference vote if the Labour Party votes in support of this bill. Yeah. We unless this bill magically turns into three quarters of it disappears through amendments, this bill is not fit for purpose. Do not let Labour lie to you. This, this bill's terrifying. It literally reverses 50 years of progress. And even the progress that we've made has not even... I mean, we don't really have strong anti-discrimination laws in this country because we have to access the justice system to seek justice for discrimination. It, it's not in, enshrined in our culture and our cultural practice. So by removing even the slightest, the smallest rights that we do have, it's just going to cause so much harm. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. I can't. It, it just can't pass. Anyway, we'll leave it there. We'll, I have an interview with the National Program Manager from Scarlet Alliance, and we'll talk more about the impact that this bill will have on marginalised people. So tune in. <laughs> we will have something else prepared should this bill die tomorrow. Make it so. It will be a party. All right, we'll talk to you soon, kids. Bye.